Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sempia, right here on SAFM. And we start off here. We speak to Edward Mafata, who is the CEO of the CRL Commission. So the South African Human Rights Commission and the CRL Rights Commission have released reports on their investigations into widespread looting and violence. According to the reports, the unrest was racially driven between blacks and Indians in some um, areas. And the riot started in KwaZulu-Natal and spread to Gauteng. Over 300 people uh, were killed in the violence, which cost the country billions in lost revenue. Edward Mafata now joining us on the line. CEO, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Elton. Good afternoon to the SAFM listeners. Um, so according to the presentation that you delivered a bit earlier on, um, according to the rationale of the investigation, one of the first things was that the commission must establish um, the cause of the events that led to the unrest. Um, but it seems as though that you haven't been able to establish what actually caused the unrest. Am I, am I correct in that interpretation? Yeah, well, there are two mixed, uh, you know, views there, uh, Eldrin. Um, firstly, the facts that we found out at the Sierra Rice Commission is that uh, the matter that we're dealing with is much more of historical. Uh, actually, when we looked at the engage, I mean, when we engaged with the participants, we realized that this tension has been there, uh, and it has a tendency of repeating itself almost every, I think, 36 years or 49 years. Uh, Forgot the calculations there, and uh, this was the third one that is actually happening between the Africans and the Indian community. So it is something that seems to be very much historical. Of course, there are alleged, uh, you know, views that says uh, there are people who always taken advantage over this situation uh, to also drive their own agendas and so on and so forth. So what came out very clearly from us is that. Uh, there's been always a tension between the Africans and the Indian community uh, within the uh, province, uh, which is even much more historical, although uh, this time was much more exaggerated. But the, the unrest or the violence that played out in Phoenix, in Phoenix, wasn't it as a result actually of the unrest, which means um, that the violence that played out afterwards, including the racial profiling of a black people that happened in Phoenix, in, in, in Phoenix um, was um, coming after the unrest had already started uh, because some of the people who were blocking the roads in Phoenix and had, and had these access controls were saying that they were trying to protect the community. So how does the commission then make the link between the unrest itself and the uh, tension between Indians and black people? Yeah, we can just uh, speculate and also just draw lines, uh, uh, you know, because like I'm emphasizing the point of historical, and I also mentioned the issue of some people taking advantage of the situation. Yes, there are allegations uh, from other participants that this was actually triggered by the, you know, arrest of the former president. But if you look at it, um, when, for instance, look at the human rights uh, report, which uh, they presented also today, uh, there is no tangible, you know, evidence that came forth to support those kind of speculations. And for us as Chapter 9 institutions, what we can only do when we do findings and recommendations, we can only base ourselves uh, in the evidence that we gather. Um, on the presentation on economic dominance of Indians in Eteguini, what did the commission find there and what were the allegations um, or the evidence that supported this particular assertion? 
in terms of our investigations and findings, there seem to be tangible evidence that talks to that point of, you know, uh, the Indians uh, dominating the economy of the province and the contestation that the Africans are actually in a majority in KZN. But if you look at the status quo currently, especially in Phoenix, you will find that still, you know, the dominance is with the uh, uh, Indian community. And just to be practical, using Phoenix as a case study, which may be in one way or the other a model for other areas within the KwaZulu-Natal uh, province, you will find that most of the uh, black children or black people uh, who are living with, uh, you know, on this, in the surroundings and uh, closer by areas of Phoenix, they actually do a lot of business in Phoenix. For instance, schooling, issues of clinics, and so on and so forth. So that in itself does tell you uh, the dictation of economy in one way or the other of a particular community uh, because the other you know area might have been a little bit underdeveloped or maybe through special uh, planning challenges and so on and so forth we cannot you know find space currently but historically you can tell that um, the other community is much more advantaged than the others uh, for instance um, the historically indian schools where you find now the uh, in phoenix there are more most probably more black, you know, students that are studying there or people that are studying there. But um, you find that those teachers that are teaching the, the D subjects in those schools are Indians. And perhaps only the Africans are employed to teach only Isizur. And it's part of the recommendations that we are making as a commission, the Sierra Rice Commission, to say we must deliberately, intentionally try and redress this past imbalances and uh, try and interview and integrate these communities because we will not be able to deal with issues of racism and issues of difference unless we address certain issues so that the, these communities will begin to appreciate uh, you know, one another and treat each other equally and not look uh, down upon each other based on the resources uh, and privileges. So, in conclusion, your finding is that um, when it comes to schooling, especially in in Phoenix, is that, or areas such as Phoenix, or the case study in this particular case, is that um, there is the racial profiling of teachers that happen, and the black teachers are seen, as you say here, um, only good on. Okay, can I just quickly read this? It says that the KZN Provincial Department of Education must introduce policies which address the fact that the qualified African educators, especially those in formerly um, Indian-only schools, are not just there to teach Isizulu only, but should equally be interviewed and recommended to teach mainstream subjects and promoted as heads of other subjects as well. Um, was the commission able to ascertain why it was perceived that African black teachers are only good to teach Isizulu? You know, it could be one way of exclusion because, um, you know, normally when people are trained as teachers, they do not specialize on one subject. So now if you only focus on employing them on a particular subject and you neglect the others that they specialize on, their confidence goes away, but also it, uh, you know, uh, makes the whole situation, uh, you know, difficult because they cannot be elevated because perhaps those that will be elevated are people who are possessing certain skills and are already put in those positions. So we are saying as a commission that uh, we have come to a point where we must do all that we can to integrate these communities in 
all forms and shapes so that, you know, when we talk social cohesion and unity and the rainbow nation, at least indeed, uh, we are not camouflaging yeah. it. We are talking of something that is real. A final one is part of your recommendation is that there should be a cleansing ceremony. Is this a national cleansing ceremony? How does it play out and what's the intention of this cleansing ceremony? Now, the intention of the cleansing ceremony, one, is that there are communities that have indicated to us that since the incident of, of Phoenix, they are, they are, they are they're scared to even go to where their you know, people died, the spots, the exact spots where their people died, to try and perform their rituals so that, you know, they can find closure or have peace. Now, we as a commission, we are committing to say we are very much prepared to assist these communities to go back to those areas and perform their rituals so that they can also find closure. But we are also saying that in the area of Phoenix, Kwamashu and the surrounding areas, um, we, we, we should be able to do some kind of um, you know, cleansing ceremony to cleanse up the whole you know, incident so that you know, communities can move freely and still do their business um, with much more confidence after the incident. Okay, so not necessarily a national cleansing ceremony, but one that, specific, that, that, that specifically focuses on these areas that were affected. Yeah, we're hoping that we'll use this as a model, and uh, perhaps it could be something that can also be taken to other areas that have experienced the same situation. Thank you so much for your time. Edward Mafata is the CEO of the CRL Rights Commission.